all the good things. We got all the good things. She did not give up on her dreams, and if anything, she let her lowest point and her daughter and her passion fuel her to make her dreams come true. She didn't forget her roots or where she came from. She honored them as an essential part of her story, and she continued to give back to them. She uses her platform to be an advocate, also continues to share inspiring stories that make people grow their imagination and escape the difficulties in their life through their books. The organization I'm going to tell you about is called Boundless Brilliance. Their mission is to educate, empower, and engage students in order to close the gender gap in STEM. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to All the Good Things Podcast. We are a podcast that tells good stories all the time about good people, good places, good things, many good animals, and we have two good stories for you today. I am Esme. And I'm Melissa. And we are your hosts, and we're so excited to be here. One thing that we love to do at the beginning of our podcast is to honor the good things happening in our lives. And just that act of sifting through our days and our weeks to find the golden nuggets has really transformed like our life and how we walk about our day with a smile. And we invite you to take just a brief moment now to do the same. That was a great moment. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, do you have a good thing going on in your life? Yes, Esme. I'm so excited about this good thing. I've got the travel bug so bad, and I'm happy and excited to say that Ollie and I booked our Christmas back in England, um, and we're going to visit his family, and we'll be quarantining there if that's what is required. But we're going to be in England. Woo! Christmas! You just got to you gotta manifest it. You got to manifest. COVID will be much lighter, much more manageable. Um, the borders won't be closed. You'll be healthy. You'll be smart. The flights will be relatively empty, even though it's around Christmas. I hope you're picking a red eye at like 2.22 a.m. when no one else is going to be there. Uh, I don't think we are. But I'm looking forward to the scones, the tea, the crumpets, the British trench coats, nonetheless. <laughs> the crumpets. I don't actually know what a crumpet is, but they always say, <laughs> but I'm a crumpet. So I've never actually heard that except for in like Mary Poppins. I've never heard that ever. I'm making things up. Ollie's anyway. going to be listening to this. Like, We're getting what? roasted again by our British listeners. <laughs> sorry England sorry what about you Esme what's your good thing my good thing is like a collective set of good things that all fall under the umbrella of super wholesome dates yay right I know it's so exciting and I've been having the best time ever and they've all been very mindful of like social distancing so one of them was you know backyard wine and pasta we also went on a picnic and got breakfast burritos we got color changing lemonade at desconso gardens is that open again it's open again yeah and it's perfect because it's so outside there's so much like space to spread out and the lemonade was spiked and the way that they color change it is they put <laughs> it's like a flower extract called butterfly pea and it's blue and they squirt it into the lemonade 
you're right wholesome is just like the perfect word for this the most wholesome one we've done so far is going a bike ride to have another picnic where he postmated cheesecake factory and the bike that he let me borrow was his mom's and it had a little basket and i folded bear up in a blanket and put him in the basket <gasps> bear in a basket bear in a basket <laughs> on a bike <laughs> oh my god and then Cheesecake Factory. What? what oh, so good. Setting the bar for quarantine dates. I Damn. know. I know. They've been really, really wonderful and keeping me super happy and engaged. And I'm super excited to have more of them. So, yeah. That's my good thing. Esme is smiling so big. I am. She's blushing. No shame. No shame. <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel like I need to go write a children's book now called bear in a basket on a bike i would buy that (laughs) book do it someone who's an author write one for me my dad is an author maybe the author that i'm also talking about in this story will hear this yeah we can make a oh shit bear in a basket that is a foreshadow right there (laughs) do you want to tell us about this author well, since you asked, Esme, I would love to just dive in about this author. <laughs> Go for it, girl. So my story today is quite honestly just a mind-boggling experience to read in itself. And then imagining to live the life of this author, I, you know what? I just can't speak. It's, it's a heck of a bob of <laughs> awesomeness. I'm sorry, what? I missed that. It's a heckamabob of awesomeness. <laughs> so anyway, because I know you're all confused as hell right now. You're like, what are you talking about, Melissa? There was this wonderful, wonderful author. And she grew, I'm going to tell you it's a she. She grew up always loving to write things down, just has a super big, vivid imagination. And she would just write down her dreams, write them in napkins and her textbooks doodle them during school probably not the best idea but hey she knew she was going to be an author and she went to college did her thing she grew up in a pretty poor family both her parents did not have a college education yet they still did everything they could to make ends meet they still provided her with all that she needed but even though she had a vivid imagination Most of it was her imagination. In fact, she recalls her young age, teenage life as being quite difficult. And honestly, she says it's dreadfully awful, in her own words. My teenage years were dreadfully awful. (laughs) She's definitely an author. Definitely an author. Definitely an author. And so she had a rough time being a teenager. She said she didn't really fit in. Her parents always knew that she loved to write, but I think they sincerely hoped that she would not consider that as a full-time career because they wanted her to be, of course, as any parent, they wanted her to be better off and they wanted her to be able to provide for herself and have a better life than they did. So she went to college as they hoped. She got her degree, still constantly writing for herself. And in her own words, this is what came next. I had failed on an epic scale. An exceptionally short-lived marriage had imploded. I was jobless, a lone parent, and as poor as it is possible to be in modern Britain without being homeless. The fears that my parents had had for me and that I had had for myself had both come to pass. And by every usual standard, I was the biggest failure I knew. 
sad. That's intense. Super intense. And now you know, because I know you're guessing which author this is. It's a she and she's from Britain. So two hints. Anywho, she continued to write and out of college, I'm going to backtrack just a little. She got a job as a secretary and apparently she said she failed quite miserably at that as well. She hated it, but she purely did it to make ends meet. And she ended up feeling a bit lost. Her her parents, again, were discouraging of her being an author because they were worried. It was from a place of love. They wanted her to be good and want her to be able to take care of herself. So she wrote and kind of kept it to herself. She wrote for her own sanity. At 26, she moved to Portugal to teach English, got married, and had a daughter named Jessica. And she had her daughter in July 1993. And to give you context of how short her marriage was, by November 1993, she and her partner separated. This experience helped her realize that she wasn't living the life that she wanted. She was living because she was trying to appease others. She was comparing her life to what she thought she needed to do to be successful. And on top of that, on top of becoming a single parent very quickly with a newborn child, with a newborn baby girl, her mom ended up dying from multiple sclerosis. And this was before her mother had seen her become a successful author. And this really broke our dear star of this episode. Well, I think it's time I tell you who the star is because, quite honestly, it's really inspiring once you hear the end. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? This author, who is at the lowest point in her entire life, living off welfare and financial assistance from the British government lost her mom from multiple sclerosis. She is J.K. Rowling. Are you for real? Yes, I'm for real! The J.K. Rowling? The J.K. Rowling. I knew she was poor, but I didn't know she was that poor, and I didn't know that her mom passed away before she, like, undefined herself as a failure. She said that This experience was the experience that turned her life upside down. She was at the lowest point that she could possibly be, even to the point of having suicidal thoughts, which she did get help for, which I'm also happy to say that she continues to seek therapy even now, especially when her fame came almost overnight. She said that was a lot to handle as well, from being such a failure in her eyes to all of a sudden being so famous. That can be a lot in either direction. And so I'm happy to say that she's taking care of her emotional and mental health. But what's really amazing is she did not give up on her dreams. And if anything, she let her lowest point and her daughter and her passion fuel her to make her dreams come true. And at this point, she had nothing to lose. So she left it all on the line. And she became the author of Harry Potter. And... She is also the most successful author that is alive. And she's not stopping anytime soon. She's still writing. Ooh, queen. Queen. So now that we know how awesome J.K. Rowling is, because she clearly had the mind to come up with Harry Potter, which is undeniably the greatest book series of all time. 
probably also the greatest movie series of all time. Just saying, just saying. So in nineteen ninety, you might anger some Game of Thrones fans. Just to let you know, you're right. You're right. Game of Thrones mm-hmm. is also pretty damn awesome. When it's a movie and its own theme park, come back at me. <laughs> Same with the Lord of the Rings, though. Those those fandoms are real, real passionate. That theirs is the best. Why you gotta do this to me? Okay. I'm trying to talk about J.K. Rowling. Okay, Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. Anyway. In 1995, that's when her career officially took off. That's when she finished her first Harry Potter book. And it was finally accepted after the 12th rejection from a publisher. And it was accepted by a small little publisher named Christopher Little. It appeared in print two years later, 1997. And by March 1999, over 300,000 copies were sold in the UK. It was such an overnight hit in the UK that Scholastic, which is a US company, bought it to distribute for the US, and they bought it for an unprecedented amount at the time, which was $100,000, and finally, Rowling was able to buy her own apartment. Woo! Woo woo! And then, that was the first moment Rowling really got to see her, her fruition in terms of finance as well. She was able to get off assistance from the British government welfare. And soon after that, she signed a seven-figure movie deal with Warner Bros. And it ended up becoming the highest-grossing movie franchise of all time. So, just to tell you how cool J.K. Rowling is, because I'm not even done yet, by 2004... Forbes reported Rowling as the first person to become a billionaire through books. <gasps> oh my gosh. Straight up rags I didn't know to she riches. was that rich. But Rowling is super humble that she dropped off this list just a few months later after it was released because she donated so much money to charities that she believed in. That is the best reason to not be... A billionaire anymore of all time of all time honestly and some of the charities that she has a heavy hand in some of which that she's founded one is her philanthropic project called Anne rolling which is her mom and it's a regenerative neurology clinic and she gifted them with 16 million to help others who have multiple sclerosis like her mom did which her mom passed away from 16 million friends. She did a nice thing right there. She also plays a heavy hand in donating and supporting another charity called Loomis, which is in the Harry Potter movies and book as a spell that conjures light. And it's all about supporting single mothers and their kids. I don't want to step on your toes, but as someone who's watched every Harry Potter movie, it's pronounced Lumos. Oh my god. Did I say Loomis? <laughs> you did. <laughs> Lumos. I'm so sorry, you guys. And lastly, because she did benefit so greatly from the British welfare program, she uses her platform to be an advocate in protecting the welfare program and helping others who are in poverty because she herself experienced it firsthand. She knows the power of it and she wants that for others who are in her position or going through a low point in their life. So she uses her platform to be an advocate 
to step up and share her thoughts and political circumstances, to use her money to vote with her dollars, and also continues to share inspiring stories that make people grow their imagination and escape the difficulties in their life through their books. So J.K. Rowling is an author who inspires people to not only rise above their circumstance, but to break bounds and to rise above any limitations that they have to fulfill and accomplish their dreams. And she is beyond brilliant, beyond motivational, and a huge inspiration to so many. I love that story so much because she didn't forget her roots or where she came from. She honored them as an essential part of her story, and she continued to give back to them. And that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing, Melissa. Thank you for listening. What's your story, Esme? I am stoked to share my story because in the same way that J.K. Rowling ended up with this just brilliant life that she never could have imagined for herself, my story highlights a nonprofit that helps really little girls like kindergarten, elementary school, even pre-K recognize that they have boundless potential to achieve whatever they want to. And it's specifically focused on STEM. So science, technology, engineering, and math in, in girls. We got a female podcast winner right here. I'm super excited about this story. This is like a woman power story, I feel like, just all across the board. But the reason why... Who runs the world? Girls. Girls. (laughs) (laughs) Carry on, carry on. The reason why it's so important, and I didn't even realize this until I started, you know, working with this organization, is that There have been studies done by really accredited institutions that show that as young as six years old, both girls and boys associate intelligence as a male characteristic. No way. That's so young. That's so young. That's real. It is. And in 2019, of all of the startups that happened in that whole entire year that were backed by venture capitalist firms, only 2.5% of them were founded by females. Meh. Meh. Right? Meh. Right? And also, because this organization is focused on STEM, in 2019, out of every single person who held a job in science, technology, engineering, or math, only 29% of them were women. So there's obviously a systematic thing that's happening where from a young age, it's almost ingrained in young girls that STEM is not for them and that they're not as intelligent as their male counterparts. And The organization I'm going to tell you about is called Boundless Brilliance. Their mission is to educate, empower, and engage students in order to close the gender gap in STEM. 
and they envision a future of STEM leadership that is as diverse as the world in which we live. And just to be clear, because I'm sharing their story, their definition of girl is inclusive. If you identify as a girl or if you're trans, you are also included in that definition. And the founder, Audrey Shawley, among with two other founders named Hannah Hayes and Nina Doeff, said that they really just want to remind every single little girl out there that you are brilliant and your potential is boundless. Preach. I'm Preach. excited. And we the need other, more of that in the world. We yes. do. And not just for all the little girls out there, everyone has boundless potential and brilliance within them. This nonprofit is just really focused on driving that message home for young girls before they can create that association of intelligence with men and they can maybe instead create the association of intelligence with themselves and I love this organization it has a very close place in my heart because it was created at Occidental College while I was at school there so I remember this organization back when it was just a student club like the first couple meetings I went to and they had different teams. They had like a presenters team, which was the group of women who would go into the classrooms and do science experiments and activities with the kids. They had, you know, like a social media team, which is more where I, I fell in line with. So I helped create some of their like graphics and social media. But the meetings were so cool because it was just a bunch of women in our college who were all in STEM fields. And at the time, I was a physics major who were just getting together and planning, you know, excursions into elementary schools nearby to go teach kids science. You're so cool, Esme. <laughs> Audrey, Nina, and Hannah are cool because this was their They're idea. They're really cool, too. And I just helped a tiny little bit. But I never got it. I never went into the classroom, which I'm a little bit bummed about. But maybe I'll go volunteer again. And one really cool exercise that they did was they gave everybody a piece of paper and they asked them to draw a scientist. And almost like 100% of the time, people would draw, like the kids in class would draw a guy in a lab coat with some crazy hair. Bill Nye the Science Guy. Bill Nye the Science Guy, Albert Einstein, you name it, but it was almost unanimously a picture of a male figure. And they would use that drawing exercise to kind of jump into that conversation about how, but you can also be a scientist. And I'm a scientist because I'm in college studying biochemistry. And I'm a scientist because I'm in college studying, you know, kinesiology. And then it would just trickle on from there and then they'd do a fun kid-friendly science experiment. So what I love is that ever since they started, just as that little club at school with, you know, a handful of girls and college students that could fit in a room, they now are a certified 501c3 nonprofit organization. 
They have an executive team, a board of directors. They have multiple college chapters. They even have an advisory council. And they're doing amazing. And they're just continuing to spread the message that you are brilliant. They are continuing to spread the message that you are brilliant and your potential is boundless to kids and young girls and young boys because it's important that they get the message too in as many places as they can. I love this. This reminds me so much of the Hidden Genius Project that we shared just a couple episodes ago. And... It's really inspiring that these people are starting corporations or nonprofits or companies that are directed towards influencing our youth and the people who are coming up after us in such a positive and expansive way. That's what we need in the world. And if you're curious about the Hidden Geniuses story, it's back in episode 29, To Be Excellence. Whoop! Oh, oh, it's a good one. It's a great it's a one. Good one. It's a great one. You're right, you're right. So that's our stories for you today. We hope that you found some good moments within them. Maybe you took a moment to find something good happening in your life. And we really just hope that this made your day a little bit brighter, a little bit happier. Maybe you even smiled. And if any of those things happened to you, we would greatly appreciate it if you took just a few minutes of your life to like our podcast and subscribe to it. Or share us with your friends and family. Send them a link and ask them to do the same. All of our information is on www.allthegoodthingspodcast.com. And thank you again for coming to listen. We appreciate you very much. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. All the good things. We got all the good things. A story to uplift and moments of bliss To remind us all that life is a gift And because we truly care All the good things we share